much for joining us today on episode number 208 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Have you ever been training and just thought to yourself, what's the point? What's the point of this workout? What's the point of this training? What's the point of all of this? Today we're going to dive a little bit into that question to help you figure out what is the point of all of this? Because sometimes it's not always clear. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So what's the point? Um, this is quite an interesting question for a running podcast. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Aren't we supposed to be inspiring runners to like understand why they should go out there and whatever, instead of saying, like, what's the point of all this? Yeah, let's be really clear on, on what this is. This is not actually like... What's the exact physiological benefit of certain workouts? This is literally, what's the point? Well, I, mm. and I think that it's also the way that you um, intonate the question, right? Sure. Like it's it's the way that you, where you put the emphasis in the question. Because you'd be like, well, what's the point? Or you'd be like, what's the point? Yeah, no, it's that second one. Yeah. That's what really what we're diving like, into. Really, what's the point of this? You know, like I guess it's just, I mean, even in the question itself, it kind of like implies that there's really no point. Yes, yes, there's... <laughs> It's kind of a negative tone to it a little bit, but yeah. I mean, this has come up from a variety of things. Like I was pushing through a workout the other day and I'm like struggling to keep lunch down. I'm like, oh, I could just walk at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that question comes up. Yeah. Why? Or, you know, the alarm Why am I off, doing this right now? It's super dark out in the yeah. morning and I would like to just go back to bed, but nope, I'm going to go out and, and run. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of come up a few times lately. Yeah, for sure. And especially with the Olympic trials, um, you know, over like the last well, couple of weeks ago, um, it got us thinking about this too. You know, like for those athletes and for the athletes that make the team, there's clearly a point, right? They've clearly. got a they have um, achieved a goal like qualifying for the Olympics that they've been working towards for years. But what about those athletes that didn't, you know, what about the athletes that finished last in the trials, right? Like how does that person feel like, and there's just a lot that we can go into with this question. So really what is the point of it all? I, I know that I have definitely had this question pop up many times throughout the course of my <laughs> running journey. Um, and I think sometimes that, multiple times within a single run. Totally. Because, <laughs> and I think that this is an important thing for us to kind of dive into, you know, like just because we're runners and just because we're running coaches and we help other runners to like find joy in their running and all of that, which is true. And we help runners improve and there's so much good that we're doing. Like we still have these thoughts, like these thoughts still come up as I'm sure they do for all of you. Like, why am I even doing this? And it's important to get clear on that. And that's one thing we've talked about many times on the podcast and, you know, coached runners on inside the training team of, you know, finding your why, like understanding the deeper why of why you're doing all of this so that you don't need motivation anymore. But, you know, what's the point is, is sometimes like that's kind of the, just the more negative way, I guess, of like saying it. But like it is powerful in another way, because when you can answer that question, with a very confident answer that gives you a very strong leg to stand on. Yeah, it sounds a lot more inspiring to say, let's dig inside and touch into your feelings and find your why, as opposed to coming out with a much more negative of, so what's the point of all of this? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really asks the same question. Both of them actually require like you to pause and think about it mm-hmm. instead of just blow the question off as, as though it's an unimportant thing. It is 
Totally important. Yeah. So let's talk about the Olympic trials. I think this is a good place to start. The Olympic trials are fantastic because, you know, the way they put the production on, I love the Olympics. I, I love, love them. the trials. I love the whole thing. They give you the backstory about this person overcome these 7 billion obstacles. Mm-hmm. They, they shouldn't even be alive. And now let's watch them win their event. Right. But, and then they interview them afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow, how do you feel about this? As they're interviewing them, several people walk by in the background yeah. who didn't make the team. Maybe they finished like fourth. They were like one spot off. In the women's 10K, there mm. were 41 athletes entered in that race. Wow. Do you think that all of them actually standing on the starting line really thought they might make top three? Hard to say. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that if they didn't, then that's a reason that they didn't make top three like if they didn't believe that that was possible then that's one reason that they didn't actually make it on the team you can expand it to a bigger race like the the olympic marathon trials here in the u.s there's over a hundred athletes on the starting line Mm -hmm. and there are plenty of people who just barely squeaked into a qualifying time right I'm curious how much confidence they have in that, or are they really running the Olympic trials like their victory lap? I think that that Pure is... joy of being there. Totally. I think that for a lot of athletes, I think that the dream is making the trials. Like, the dream is not the Olympics. The dream is just being able to compete at the trials, to run in the trials. And so that alone, just them towing the line and being there is the fulfillment of their goal. And and for others, it's not. For others, the goal is the Olympics. And so, you know, fourth place, fifth place, (laughs) right? If you're that close to making the team, what is that athlete feeling or thinking or doing, right? Because I think that it's a lot harder for, you know, places four, five, six versus place 40, you know, like that's not even close. But who knows? Every athlete's different and every athlete's goal is different. But there is such a thing as the bronze medal effect. Yep. And this is a very interesting um, phenomenon that they have found when they study Olympic athletes, right? Of who is the happiest and the most satisfied after the Olympics. And they, you know, surveyed or, you know, did a research study to find out, um, like, the mental attitude and level of satisfaction of gold, silver, and bronze medalists. And what they found is that bronze medalists were actually happier than silver medalists, which is so interesting, right? Silver medalists came up short. Came up short, right? (laughs) Like, when you're in second place, you're just you are just out of first place, right? Like I could have been first. I'm one step away, but the bronze medalists are just so happy that they made the podium, right? Because they're one step above, like they were one step away from not getting anything. Yeah, both of them are comparison, but one of them is comparison to the positive. The Mm -hmm. other one is automatic comparison to the negative. Right, so it's all about perspective, right? And so it's the same thing I would think at the trials. And so to know every person's story at the trials I think would be very interesting right to go through and get the happiness level it's it's so much of expectations versus results if you roll into a race just expecting to do your best without aiming for any particular number on a clock or finishing place then you can find a different level of joy out of it than oh I need to finish first second or third what happens if you finish fourth or Mm -hmm. for people trying to like Boston qualify for people trying to hit like an Olympic trial standard if you miss it by like 
three seconds, two seconds, suddenly it's not a phenomenal performance. It doesn't matter if it's a PR by five minutes. It was just not good enough. Yeah, but I think it's so interesting because if you think about the people that run at the Olympic trials, right, they have to be open to the possibility of doing something that they've never done before. Oh, totally. And this is something that I find to be so powerful. Like so many humans limit themselves because they're like, well, I've never done that before, so I don't know how to do that. And then that's it, right? That just stops the conversation. That stops them thinking about it. They just tell themselves, well, I've never done it before, so I, and I don't know how to do it, so I'm just not going to try. Or right? they might say, what's the point? Or they might say, what's the point, right? Like, what's the point of even trying? I, I can't, I know I'm not going to be able to do this. I've never done it before, right? Yep. But like, when you look at world records, those things have never been done before. That's right? what makes them a world record. Exactly. So those athletes going in, they didn't know they were going to set the world record, but they had to be open to the possibility of doing that, right? And it's so fun to actually see them set those records because I would venture to say like so many times, like most of the time probably, they don't expect that they're going to set the world record. Like I remember watching, um, what was it, the 400 meter hurdles? Yep. That, the the girl that set the record in the 400 meter hurdles, like she was just gliding. It was seamless. And her, the look of amazement on her face when she crossed the line, like she like looked at the clock and both hands went to the top of her head like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. But like on some level she had to believe it before she was even able to do it yeah she had like full confidence going into that race in herself in her coach in the training and everything that she could win it mm -hmm. and then I think the time just kind of came along with it yeah. like you do you run the race you execute the plan exactly like this mm -hmm. and you will win it and then and she knew it like she had full confidence because mm -hmm. as she was taking those last few steps she didn't have that look of like overwhelming excitement of I just won the Olympic trials it was not that like crazy shock look until she looked over and saw what the clock said. Yeah. It was just like, whoa, I just did that. Mm -hmm. She ha already had the confidence she was going to win it. Yeah. And then the shock came when the number popped up. Right. So, you know, but going back to kind of our topic here at hand of like, what's the point, right? Like for the people that didn't do that and for the people that didn't make the team, what's the point of them continuing to train? What's the point of them, you know, getting up the next day or taking a week off and then getting up next, you know, the next time they're going out for a training run, they've already tried and not achieved that thing that they wanted to achieve. They didn't make the Olympic team. So what's the point of keep like to keep going? Right. Like when you're training at that level, you literally put it all out on the line. Yeah. You were like, this is me up against the best competition I can find. And I came up short. And it's all, they're also professionals, yep. right? Like, so this is also their job, Yep. you know? So like, there's so much on the line for them at these events. And that's one of the things I think that we are very blessed as real life runners, right? <laughs> that we don't have that level of pressure. We only have the level of pressure that we put on ourselves. There's not all of this other external, like financial pressure and like all the other pressure from sponsors and fans and coaches and teammates and all of those that to like layer on top of that outcome. Yeah. The stress on top of it, knowing the bonus that comes in your contract mm -hmm. by just making the finals yeah. and then finishing, finishing first, that makes you a U.S. champion. So that's got a prize bonus making it to the Olympics. That's got a prize bonus to it. They all have their bonuses mm -hmm. and sliding off from that is not just a bad race. It's not just, I lost to these other people. There's also all of the domino repercussions mm -hmm. that fall from that. And now I'm $30,000 poor. Right. You know, like, yeah. 
Like I, I, mi- I don't know what I have no idea what their contracts actually say, but there's a whole variety yeah. of things. It depends on the athlete of like what Correct. that bonus got put in. Like, yeah, we'll throw that hundred thousand dollar bonus in there because there's no way this athlete's getting there, mm-hmm. and suddenly they do. Like it's a bonus that could be crazy depending mm-hmm. on who the athlete is. Yeah, and there are some great examples of this. You know, some professional athletes that we find very inspiring. You know, that continue to go out there time after time and like they come up short and they keep going and they come up short and they keep going. All right. So one of the, the biggest ones coming out of, of the track Olympic trials here, um, Kate Grace, she has been an Olympian. She won the Olympic trials back in 2016. Mm-hmm. She like, she won the 800. She was the U S champion. Phenomenal. And then she went and competed at the Olympics. She finished eighth in the finals. Like this is phenomenal. Four years later, she's arguably back stronger and faster than she was then. Clearly, she was one of the favorites heading to this race. Yep. And coming off the final straightaway, they head down the straightaway, and she just starts fading off the back. Mm-hmm. I think she finished sixth, which, you know, arguably sixth of all of the 800 runners in the U.S. Which is incredible. Like, this is phenomenal. Right. But definitely short of what she was aiming for. She just kind of faded. Literally three days later, mm-hmm. she flew to Europe and won her first Diamond League race, which is like the elite track circuit that runs through like Europe and a few other places. Mm-hmm. Like three days later, she like had a terrible race for her. I mean, <laughs> faster 800 than I've ever run in my life, but terrible right. race for her. She came back, not only won the race, she ran a PR fastest that she's ever run, and she did it three days later. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the comeback that she had. Right. She just um, set the world-leading mark in the mile, I think, over the weekend, and she won, like, another Diamond League race. Like, mm-hmm. she's knocking off crazy things. She didn't let one race completely derail her summer or right. entire running journey. Right. I mean, same goes for Sarah Hall. You know, Huge story. Sarah Hall's a great example of this also you know she's been she's literally competed in five olympic trials and has never made an olympic team which is you know people would say people would argue like why are you still doing this you know 38 years old and is still out there Mm -hmm. she competed in two different rounds in these olympics because of the way you know covid may happen but the crazy thing is is that she's out there crushing it at 38 years old too she missed the the Olympic team, but she still goes back and she's, you know, um, still running marathons. Like she was second place in London that fall. She just missed the US, U.S. marathon record at the marathon project that they did. Like she is clearly one of the highest level elite marathon runners that we have in the U.S. right now. Right. Which is why it was like, it was shocking that she didn't make the marathon team. People were like, oh yeah, she's 37. But she's clearly going to make the marathon team, and then she didn't. She actually DNF'd mm-hmm. the Olympic marathons. Like, she did not make it to the end, which is the second Olympic trials that she has not made it mm-hmm. to the end of it. And she was like, okay, guess I'm going to try the 10K. And the way that the whole scheduling worked out, that the track trials were a whole year removed from the marathon mm-hmm. trials, she came back and decided, all right, I guess I'm going to have to work on some track speed and used her track speed and marathon training and is now like less than a minute off of the U.S. all-time marathon record. Mm-hmm. She's number two all-time and she said it at 38 years old. People are like, ooh, I wonder if she's going to try it again. Like, could she conceivably attempt to make the Olympics in her sixth go at the Olympic trials at the age of 41 in the marathon? That would be incredible. And people are like, yeah, I mean, I don't see why she wouldn't try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the thought yeah. on it. Well, and, and so 
I mean, I, I feel like for her, it's easy to see the point, right? Like, because you would say, what's the point of continuing if you didn't make the team and you keep trying and trying and trying and not making the team? But, like, clearly she's still crushing it in other areas. And this, to me, is just proof that, like, you can't always control what happens on race day. Like, yeah. you can be in the best shape of your life. People can expect you to win, you know, and, and we as real-life runners, most of us aren't competing to win most races that we run. Maybe age group, you know, maybe some overalls. I mean, obviously, the guy that I'm standing next to right here, his goal is to win the races that he enters, which is fantastic. And I'm sure there's others out there that are also trying to win or also trying to place high. But ultimately, what is the point of like continuing to get up every day and go through the pain and go through the training? Like, what's the point of all of it? Right. And I mean, it comes down to the fact that that the running journey is bigger than a single race. Because whatever that race is that you put out there, what happens if, if you finish it? You know, oh, it's, I've never run that far before. And then, and then you do. What happens if you run a PR? What happens if you go out and win the whole thing? Does that mean that you're done? Like, that doesn't mean that you get to check the box of, oh, I've made it to the finish line of my running journey. Mm -hmm. So your running life itself is beyond that race, which means one race, good or bad, can't define you. If it can't define you towards the good, it shouldn't ever limit you on the bad end either. Well, I think that that's an important thing to reverse also. Like, I think that a lot of times people do define it, like they allow a race to define them in the good way, right? And then it does, because you allow it to do that, it does when you don't reach those things, it can affect them in a very negative way. Yes. And the key is to try to stay neutral about the situation, regardless of the outcome. Like to go in knowing that, you know, I'm doing this because this is a part of my journey, because this is what I want to do in my life right now regardless of what that outcome is and this is what you know we think that the problem is when people try to like hang their hats on like one thing right like they want to just finish a marathon or they just you know want to um hit that one PR like they have some time goal in their head that is just like that elusive time goal and it's like they get so focused on that and they try to hit it and they don't and they try to hit it and they don't and every time that they try for it and don't get it they see that as a failure or they see that as proof that they're not capable of doing it or achieving that thing that they end up like spiraling negatively downward instead of seeing that as like okay I guess I'm not there yet you know so what do I need to do what do I need to try to get me a little bit closer to it right it's the difference of looking at your running from one race to the next to the next and using whatever the finishing results are of how far you went or how fast you did it to define you as opposed to looking at the training which takes up the vast majority of your running existence anyway Mm -hmm. like if you're maybe you you do half marathons maybe you you're gonna do maybe like three or four races over the course of a year because you could line up every like three months or so you could hit a half marathon that means that you're basically gonna define yourself based off of four days out of 365 of the results on those four days I think it'd make more sense to argue what happens on the other 361. Yeah, but I mean, even if you want to take it even down to even a more micro level, like you're going to define yourself by like eight hours of that year, (laughs) right? Like eight to 12 hours of that year. Sure. Like if you really want to think about it, right? Like the outcome of that race, it's going to take you a couple hours. Who knows if you're under two or over two or whatever it might be. Like don't let that define you as a runner, as a person, as anything. But like going back and looking at the training, right? The training is where you 
you test yourself. Um, and this is true for both the elite that we've been talking about and the non-elite, uh, those of us that are real life runners. Like what's the point? The point is to see what's possible. The point is to continue to stretch yourself. The point is to find things out about yourself that training tells you that training well I shouldn't say tells you but training reveals training things, reveals right to you. like training reveals and this is one of the things that I've gained so much from my yoga practice and my yoga instructor and you know she'll put us into these positions right or I shouldn't say she puts us we get into these positions based on her cueing and she'll she'll even say like I know you're uncomfortable right now so what are you gonna do about it like yoga is simply a reflection of how like of your inner dialogue of like how you deal with challenges so when I put when you get into a challenging position do you lean into it do you try to get out of it as quickly as possible do you get angry at me the teacher for making you do this thing or for holding you here as long as I have so far like how do you actually deal with it you know do you try to zone out do you um you know just decide you can't do it and quit Mm -hmm. and she's like it's such um a mirror of how you probably deal with a lot of other situations in your life and i think that running is that same mirror right it's a it's a difficult uncomfortable situation that you're now stuck in the middle of and you have to decide what's going to what's going to happen with that and i think that focusing on the training is honestly easier for non-elites than elites. Like when you get at the the highest level, they run a lot of races on television. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh wow, that's their thing. And you don't see the hours of training that goes into it. When you're in it yourself, you can see all of the training that's going into something. And when you tow the line at a race, there's not a lot of people that are going to see what your result is unless you're posting it all over your social media and you happen to be some sort of like As crazy... As you should. Right. But... And tag us in those posts as well so we can gra- congratulate you. Yes, sure. Tag us. That way we can actually <laughs> spread the numbers. But you put it on your like your feed maybe so a few people see it and some of them actually really know who you are. Like it's It's limited in how much that race actually matters. And you can really look at the training of what do you do when no one else is paying attention? You know, if you're in the middle of, of like a a long workout where you're kind of like trying to sustain a pace, do you hang on to that pace when it starts getting hard? Or you're like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to fade off today. Like, are you willing to put in sacrifices to get the training that you've planned out to reach the goal that you're eventually aiming for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like when you're in the middle of like a rec- um, like an interval workout, right? Like if you're doing quarter mile repeats, like no one, I mean, sometimes you're running with running buddies, right? Sometimes you're with a friend, sometimes you're with a track club or whatever. And I think that uh, there are some people out there that need other people watching them or I shouldn't say need. I don't know they need, but... But it's helpful when other people are watching them, sure. right? Because there are some people that are more likely to be accountable to others than they are to themselves. Like, they're more likely to give up on themselves if it's just them versus disappointing other people, right? Like, if you're a, a classic people pleaser, like, the opinions of others matter to you. And so if that's the case... You might act one way during a track workout or during an interval workout, but if you're by yourself, like, you know, are you going to 
slow down a little bit more? Are you going to stretch that recovery sesh, the recovery in between sets and intervals and just stop your watch? Cause no one's going to know. No one knows. Right. No one. And you, oh, I'll post that up on my social media. So that way I've got the, the social accountability. You can stop your watch and make it look like you only took a minute recovery, yep. even though you actually just stood around for 10 right. and no one knows that's where running reveals who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, strength sessions. Oh man, I was holding that wall set for, for five minutes. Okay but were your knees at 90 degrees? Like no one's watching. Like running has to bring out that part where you step up and prove to yourself what you're capable of because there are so many chances to take the out, Mm -hmm. to be like, ah, I'll pull back on the pace. I'll stretch the recovery. My form doesn't have to be perfect when I'm holding a plank. Like whatever it is, you can just slide into that. It's going to be okay rather than, no, it should be done this way. I can hold myself to a higher standard. Right. But like, even, you know, if, even if people are watching, how much do other people really care? (laughs) You know, I mean, I would, not much. I I don't think people care. Right. Like even elites, like I, I love watching the Olympics, but like, does it really affect my life if, you know, one of the Olympic athletes does or doesn't make the team? Like, no, it doesn't. Like, I'm going to cheer for whoever is wearing a USA jersey at the Olympics. Like, if that's that girl or that girl, that does not affect my life. <laughs> sure. I enjoy watching the Olympics, right? So even when you are on a stage that big with cameras and people that know your name, right? Like, even then people still don't care that much. Like, and I think that that is a really empowering thing. Like we can look at that being like, Oh, nobody cares about me and, and, and see that as a negative, but I see that as a huge positive, like nobody cares. <laughs> like, woohoo. Nobody cares about me. Yeah, That's a good thing, right? Like, because people are naturally invested in themselves. Like people care about themselves. People are very self-focused that way, right? They're selfish, self-centered, self-focused, however you want to phrase it. Right. But, most people care about themselves and are concerned with whatever they're doing or what other people think of them, right? Most people aren't thinking about other people. And that's a really powerful thing because once you realize that you have nothing to prove to anyone, you have no one that you you need to impress. The only person that you need to impress is yourself. Then it really just turns it in and makes it a matter of integrity of who do I want to be, right? Because all of this is optional. You don't have to be a runner. You don't have to push hard. You don't have to sign up and do races. You don't have to do any of this, right? Like you could choose to just sit on the couch all day and there are people out there that do this, right? You could get an easy job. You could never exercise. You could just kind of like float through life and live out your days. And there are plenty of people that do that. But is that who you want to be? And I think that that's the point, right? When we ask ourselves, what is the point? That's it. The point is becoming the best version of ourselves. And there are days that I'm like, why does that matter? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I will be straight with you guys. Like, there are days that I'm like, I want to be the best version of me. I want to contribute to the world. Like, I know my whys, right? Like, I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to help other people live healthier, happier lives and make this world a better place. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> But do I? Like, what's the point, right? But think about all the amazing people in this world, like people that you know that have literally changed the world. What if that person said, what's the point of all this, right? Like Einstein has, has made so many different inventions and like, right, like there are Tesla and 
Bezos and, um, you know, who's the new guy? I can't think of him. Musk? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like Nikola Tesla, like the guy that created, you know, the namesake of Tesla. I couldn't sure. think of Musk's name, my God. But like, think about all these unreal scientific and technological and industrial things that have happened. Like, that all started with one person. And thank God that person decided there was a point. I mean, you go with that direction of, you know, all the technological advancements. How about if Martin Luther King was like, you know, I don't really feel like giving a speech today. Yeah. I I mean, I would like to have a dream, but I'd rather have a nap. Like, what if he went that approach? (laughs) That's a different approach. I mean, he was getting death threats daily. Yes. Right? Like... Uh, this isn't worth it. You know, like I, this, I, I really don't want to be shot. You know, like it's a very like, I mean, there was multiple attempts on him. He had been shot multiple times before he actually got assassinated. Right. Like what if he decided there was no point and most of us aren't, you know, um, affecting the world on that level. But I would argue that we are. We're affecting the world on a, on a larger level than you think. We might not be public figures that are doing that, but like, you know, every little thing, there's something called the ripple effect, right? So if you become a better person in your life, you never know who you could be affecting just by like being nice to another human being. Like maybe, you know, there's so many stories out there on the internet and this and that. I read one um, like a week ago that was about this kid, you know, it was a Facebook thing or something, you know, yes, about the, the kid who was, um, met the, the other kid freshman year of high school and, he, you know, he helped him pick up his books and they started having a conversation and blah, blah, blah. They, they ended up striking up a friendship and this kid went on to become the valedictorian, whatever. And he, in his speech, he was talking about how on that day where, you know, other people ran into him and knocked all the books out of his hand. He was on his way home to commit suicide, Yep. you know, and he was taking all of his books home so that his mom wouldn't have to go clean out his locker after he did it. Yep. And then just this other kid being nice to him made him not do it. Like I'm like getting choked up even thinking about it. And who knows if it's even a true story. Like it's a you, Facebook thing. You saw it on Facebook. It has to be true. But even, but I'm sure there's a story out there that's like that, right? Like of people that one random act of kindness can change another human being's life. And then you don't know what that person might go on and do, right? So you just being the best version of you and being kind and going out for a run that maybe inspires somebody driving by in a car to go out for a run that then, you know, decides they're going to start eating healthier and running and not get diabetes or, you know, all the things like you have no idea of the ripple effect that you have. The dominoes that you can set off, which is, it's why I I like to smile and wave and say hi to everybody on my run. You know, everybody, I pass people walking dogs, other people out walking or running or whatever it is. The car that's cutting me off as I'm trying to go across the intersection, I will still smile and wave because why not? Mm -hmm. Like go out and, and just be nice to other people. That's a pretty good Pretty good move there, whether yeah. you're running or not. Just be nice to the other people in the world. Yeah. Because the point of that is, you know, being nice to other people mm-hmm. and improving the overall niceness of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, put positive into the world. Yeah. See, see what happens. I mean, I think that's the point. That's the point of every workout that we do is that we are making the world a better place. Like, literally, you are making the world a better place by going out and running every day and following your training plan and training for that race. And I know that seems like ridiculous in some ways and lofty and like, you know, very like nebulous, but it 
it's not like when you go down and break it down to that molecular level of like you doing this affected this person and affected people that you have no idea that you're affecting right like so you by being the best version of you by challenging yourself by trying to make yourself healthier and stronger right maybe you live longer maybe then you can be a a grandparent and be active with your grandkids and help your son or daughter raise their children like you know who knows what your goals are what you want in your life but running the point is to make all of that possible to make anything you want in your life possible and so when the workout gets hard and I ask myself what's the point of this like why am I out here doing this I always remind myself because I choose to yeah because it it opens you up to be yourself like as you pointed out before, before we got sliding into your molecules and sending out positive vibes affect the positive vibrations of the world around it's you. It's a true story. Totally true. Um, you pointed out that you don't have to. This is all optional. Like, you could take an easier route, but that's not why you do it. You didn't sign up for easy. You signed up to be the best version of yourself. And that version sometimes goes out and runs and pushes themselves and thinks that they might throw up on the sidewalk. And sometimes that version takes an off day because that's the preferred version to be your best self. But you signed up to be your best. Maybe that's the fastest. Maybe that means running the longest. Maybe that's just envisioning your overall health on a higher level than it is right now. Your best self. And you get to define that. Mm -hmm. Like no one else gets to define that. You define your best, what that means. And so then, you know, you go back to these elite athletes. Oh, sorry, you finished fourth. You don't make the Olympics. Okay, but I'm being my best self. Yeah. Like I can still be my best version of me as a human, even if that puts me fourth place in this race as a runner. You know, I can still be myself. It's it's a matter of being able to, to define what winning is to you. Yeah, I mean, maybe running just makes you a nicer person, right? Like people talk about how they run to, they, I run off the crazy, right? I, I run so that I don't punch somebody in the face. Like, you know, there are a lot of funny t-shirts and memes and stuff out there. And it's true, right? Running, like the act of running changes our bodies and our brains physiologically. Like hormones are released. Like you are a nicer person most of the time after a run. I know Kevin is. I am, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I am too. Like I should say that. Like it was pretty funny. Like um, I have for a long time, I had a practice of doing my Saturday long runs followed by yoga in the park, you know, here in our local community, um, we have a yoga instructor who does like a free yoga class outside in the park um, every Saturday morning. And so I loved my Saturdays. It was like long run followed by coffee, followed by yoga. And I would just come home and just be like ready for my day. And it was funny because, you know, because of COVID, unfortunately, she that had to be canceled, of course, any group activities. And it just resumed about a week ago. And when I came home, like I felt good, like everything was good. But it was funny, you even looked at me and you were like, there's like, a glow around you and I was like really and I just found that so interesting that like I didn't realize I was like I felt I felt good you know I was really happy that I had gone to yoga and everything like that but I didn't feel like I was like floating back into the house in a very zen like state no you literally walked back (laughs) in you look like you had an Instagram filter on you like it was really? like it was like this weird glow. I love like, those filters. It's a phenomenal filter. That's how you walk through the house. It was uh, it was an interesting look. I'm like, what, what's going on here? Did you not just go on a long run and then follow that up with like an hour of yoga in yeah. the park? Shouldn't you be just dripping sweat 
and dragging yourself in, and you didn't. You like kind of floated into the house. <laughs> I mean, little little bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel that way, but like even the fact that you noticed it enough to like make a comment on it, right? That's proof that like just me doing something for me. Like that whole morning was for me. My run, my coffee, my yoga, my friends, that was all for me. I came in and I showed up in a different way for the rest of my family. Yes. Also, the fact that she's pointing this story out a week later suggests that maybe I should compliment her more. (laughs) You're very pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I did not mean that by any means, but sure, I'll take it. There you go. (laughs) So yeah. So what's the point of it all? It's, It's basically making a choice of the person that you want to be and how you show up in when times get rough, you know, when, when you have those challenges, when you have those obstacles, when you don't feel like doing it, what do you do in that situation? Who do you want to be in that situation? And that might change, you know, like it might change from day to day, from time to time, but overall, who do you want to be? You get to make that decision. And there are some days that we're going to fail, you know? So that's the other thing that I think is important to keep in mind. Like there is no such thing as perfection in this lifetime. And if you're shooting for perfection, you might as well just stop because all it's doing is keeping you from how amazing you could be because perfectionism is really just armor. Perfectionism is just fear in disguise, essentially. It's like we we don't want to put something out there into the world until it's perfect or we don't want to do this other other thing unless I could be perfect at it. It's just fear, right? So don't try to be perfect. Don't try to, you know, be 100% ready before you do something. Just jump in. Like a lot of times there's so much that can be gained by just jumping in. Yeah, you don't need perfection on the first time. You just need perseverance to just keep getting better mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. Like, and when you fall down, get back up and keep going. You know, if if that one workout you decide that you're going to call it quits because you're just not feeling it that day, that's okay. Go back out the next day. You know, like just because you don't do one thing or handle a situation or hold handle multiple situations the way that you might want to there's always the next time you can always make a choice in any given moment in your life who you want to be how you want to show up and what the point is for all of this all right so thanks for listening if you found this podcast helpful share it with a friend take a screenshot share it on social media tag us so that we can make sure that we say Thank you. Um, And if you're not following us, make sure you follow us on social, on Instagram and Facebook over at Real Life Runners. Um, Tag us in your posts. We love to share your running story and your running journey as well. So as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us and spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 208. Now get out there and run your life. Hey. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.